Outing guides it towards center, it's Kessel. Coming ahead, Kessel closes in towards the net, he shoots, he scores! Phil Kessel, goal 400 in consecutive game 990. A breakaway for Phil Kessel, his first strike as a member of the Golden Knights. One, nothing Vegas with four minutes to go in the first period. Smith trying to change that, put it on goal. Reimer made a save, but the puck was just sitting behind him. Now a right point shot, they score. Theodore skipped it through. Vegas ties it. Theodore's second of the season. And the Knights, a minute into the third period, have made this a brand new hockey game. Smith to Carlson through the center logo. Cuts left into the zone. Carlson shoots, he scores! William Carlson zips it in. Vegas takes a 3-2 lead. Carlson scores his third goal of the season. Drops it off for Theodore, skating up top. Back to the left, Stevenson accelerates at the left dot, slings it in front, they score! Mark Stone, the backdoor tap-in. 4-2 Golden Knights, 5.45 to go in the third period. And someone hit the goal horn. Since didn't give up in the locker room? Hell no. Not questions that, Phil. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. You heard Dan Duva mention it there on the Mark Stone goal. Uh, but somebody in San Jose set off the goal horn after Mark Stone scored a goal against the San Jose Sharks. Oh. Boy, they're just begging for any kind of a positive theory up there, aren't they? Somebody scored? <laughs> did you also uh when Phil Kessel scored his goal, there was a kid in a Sharks jersey yes, on the Yes, did you see that? Row. He started jumping up and down. Yeah, was pumped for Phil Kessel and I'm like, "Listen, I don't think kids are that uh excited about a Iron Man streak and Phil Kessel <laughs> scoring in that Iron Man streak." So, it's very very exciting. Sharks fans are very excited. For the Golden Knights here. Well, they need that, something to be excited about. I was about to say, that kid's just like, somebody scored? Yeah. <laughs> Dad, you said that wouldn't happen. <laughs> that uh, that would make sense. Like, if that had been a scoreless game in the third period, maybe. Like, if like when Astros Mariners went 18 innings, if a Mariners fan was happy that Jeremy Pena hit a home run because they got to go home sooner, maybe. But there were already five goals in that game. There was nothing to be excited about. So... The Sharks are struggling on the ice, off the ice. It's not not very good to be a Sharks fan. Um, I did want to go back to one thing on the Golden Knights game. So we've seen two games in a row now, two and a half games in a row, I think, technically, where Bruce Cassidy has sort of stuck with, we'll call them unbalanced lines, where it's Stevenson, Eichel, and Stone, the Misfits, Smith, Carlson, and Marcia so on the top two, pretty much uh, your six best forwards on the top two lines. And then your bottom six is Amadio Howden, Kessel, and Carrier, Wah, and Kolasar. I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised he's stuck with these in the regular season. I thought that that was sort of a one-off, let's try this against Colorado. But I guess they were good against Colorado in the third period, so he stuck with them. Are you surprised that he has stayed with the unbalanced line? Yeah, because he seems like a guy who, at least early in the season, was going to mix, mix and match, which I thought he did the first uh, three or four games, didn't he? I thought he a little uh, bit. I mean a little bit. So I thought I thought much like the goalies, he was gonna use October to see a lot of different line combinations. He had his script out on the goalies. Um, but they're winning games. And I think that overrides a lot of what you're thinking sometimes when you're just winning games and you know, you don't want to mess with things because, you know, you're compiling points. So maybe a little surprise, but you know, when you think about uh, you know, they're at twelve points already. Now it's eight games, so they've they played more games than a lot of people. 
I just think when you're winning games, coaches tend to th- tend to stick with things. So you have the wins. You also have they've played really well in the two games plus the third period against Colorado since they've gone to these lines. I think the other key here for the specific game against San Jose is the Sharks are not very good. And when we've talked about these lines or when Bruce Cassidy's talked about these lines, right, he's talked about the third or even the fourth line wanting them to be good enough to play against other teams' top lines, wanting them to be able to play a few minutes, play a few shifts here and there against another team's top line and shut them down. And when you play San Jose, do they have a top line? Dude, who's about their top down? line? Right. And so it doesn't... Like, when you play the Sharks, it doesn't really matter, right? right? It probably didn't matter much to Bruce Cassidy who was on the ice at the same time as whatever line the Sharks put out there it was kind of irrelevant because that team's not, any, not good. any good. So if you're Bruce Cassidy specifically against the Sharks, it's probably irrelevant. It might just be a chance to see, all right, what do these guys look like together? And if you go through, if you just look at the top three lines, the top three lines by expected goals last night were great. All three of them were. Phil Kessel even scored a goal on the third line. They allowed a goal as well, but Phil Kessel even scored a goal with that third line. The interesting part was the fourth line had an 11% expected goals rate. The fourth line, when they were out there, got crushed. So the fourth line was not very good against San Jose. But for the most part, if you're going to have three lines play well and one line play poorly every Especially night, against a bad team. You're going to win, right? right. Like it, That's going to happen most of the time. So you'd take that pretty much every night if you had three over 50% and yes. won it like 11%. You'd probably take that. It might hurt more if it's the Eichel line, but... You're going to take that most nights. But I'm I'm curious to see what he does because to me the thought has always been he it sounds like he's wanted the balance. He's wanted to spread the talent out. He's wanted to be able to, you know, roll four lines regardless of who the opponent puts on the ice and all that. And that to me has always sounded like that's your regular season plan. That's how you get through the regular season. That's how you get a productive year from your top line guys in the regular season. And then the lineup combos that we have seen recently that's your playoff lineup, or that's more likely to be your mm-hmm. playoff lineup because you're probably going to need to have all your firepower on the top two lines because those guys are going to have to go up against a Nathan McKinnon well, line in Colorado or a Connor McDavid line in Edmonton. I guess what would be the point of changing if they're playing well? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, right now there's no, there's nothing that's making Bruce Cassidy change, right? There's nobody that's playing poorly that's making Bruce Cassidy change. There's nothing that's happened in a game to make him say, oh, we got to change to win games. They're they're handling all that just fine. And here's the other key to all of this: nobody's been hurt. Right. They have exactly. not had to. They've not had one. Somebody. I don't think one. Have they had one game missed by no, anybody? I don't think so. No, not so not far. Anybody. The, the only lineup it's to change catch up to 500. Right. The only lineup change is Paul Cotter out. Paul Cotter and Michael out. Amadio Amadio in. in. Yeah. And that was a, a coaching decision. Yeah. That was wasn't oh. Yeah, he didn't think Cotter Potter. played well for a couple games. Right. So that's been it. Otherwise, it's been the same guys every single time. And so, like, we, when we talk about lines and trying to figure out who should play with who, right? Like, right now, if one of the top six forwards got hurt, one of the top six wingers got hurt, Phil Kessel's probably right back into one of those mm-hmm. top six lines, right? If Stevenson got hurt, Kessel's up there with Eichel and Stone, right? And so if there's an injury, you're going to have to mix it up, obviously, because you're missing a guy. But until then, he's not going to do much. And now... It's hockey. It's only a matter of time until somebody gets hurt and can't play in a game. Right. So it's it's going to happen Except here. Kessel. And apparently, well, yes, he doesn't get hurt, or if he does, he plays through it right. either way. 
Um, but it's you know it's a matter of time until somebody gets hurt and has to miss a game and the lines change and we're having a different conversation about what should he be doing with an injury. But right now, they're as healthy as it gets for an NHL yeah. team, and we'll see. Um, all right, one one other thing on Phil Kessel here. Um, Greg Wyshynski of ESPN, he wrote a story where he talked to some people about Phil Kessel's time in the NHL. Um, this was a story from James Van Riemsdyk. The first time I met Phil was when his brother Blake brought a bunch of us to a Bruins game. After the game, we went to Qdoba, and Phil showed up eventually to join us. He was still on his entry-level contract, at the, and times were tough, but he still picked up the tab. Uh, are you giving a hockey player the benefit of the doubt that times are tough when he's at Qdoba picking up the tab? Uh, I don't know. If I I'm mean, the, the fact what's... that he's at Qdoba, yes, times are tough. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the entry level contract? It's still pretty good. Now, this is way back when, right? Th- yes, uh, this so is a this long is not time today. Ago. It's a long time ago, but I don't think it was ten bucks. I mean, I think he was making some sort of money. So, I mean, nice of him. I don't know if I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's you know greatest move ever, but nice that he picked up the tab. I guess it seems like a nice so, nice gesture. Uh, looking this up, Phil Kessel's first his entry level contract uh, when he was with the uh, Bruins was eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars was his cap hit, and his average annual value was two point two million. Uh, okay, I feel less and less that it was a great move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was uh, a I mean, smart move to go to Kidoba. Bank for your buck. <laughs> so Phil Kessel uh, was apparently making plenty of money to pay for to pick Qdoba. up the tap and, for Qdoba. And by the way, this was Qdoba back in two thousand six, seven, eight. Everybody there probably could have eaten for like four dollars right. and fifty cents. So yeah, I'm not I'm not as impressed here. So when James Van Riemsdyk says he was on his entry level contract and times were tough, eh, you should have gone to a nicer restaurant. I mean, times were tough at that much money. <laughs> I would, I'd like some tough times, wouldn't you? <laughs> you got Listen, I, I guess maybe they didn't know if Phil Kessel was showing up, but if you know an NHL player is showing up, you got to go to a nicer restaurant than Qdoba. Yes, yeah. At least go to like you know what Texas Roadhouse or something Outback? like that. Yeah, at least go to an Outback Steakhouse with Mike Gramala so we can have their unseasoned chicken. <laughs> Le- at least get yourself you know a twenty dollars. By the way, I didn't overall. update you. Um, Notre Dame press box. Uh, oh, food? All yeah. right, I'm excited. Uh, two dogs for Mike Ramala pregame. Uh, and I don't know if he had the chips. He might have had some chips. Uh, halftime went with the burger. Um, and it had some kind of special sauce that uh, Andy from the RJ was eating, but I guarantee Ramala didn't touch that. It was probably no a plain way. burger. And yeah, postgame yeah. pizza. So, Mike uh, ate all of that? So he went strong. He went strong. Jeez. Yeah. I, like, I mean, we, that sounds we, like a children's menu. <laughs> We we've talked to Mike a lot about it. He doesn't actually eat a lot of food. Well, it was free. He was, I uh, mean, he was two, in line. You're telling me two hot dogs, a burger, and pizza afterwards. From what That's I know, from what I uh, gathered, yes. And I was sitting two seats from him. Man, that, yeah. did he have? Did he not have any dessert? Because he loves dessert. Might have gone with the cookie. I did not okay. see. I can't. I can't confirm the cookie with the pizza. But they did have cookies with the pizza, and I do. He might have gone with the cookie. Yeah, he might was have. Any, gone was any of it good? Did you eat any of it? Was it actually like a good hot dog? A good um, burger? A good I ate a hot dog. I've never had a bad hot dog. Yeah, it was fine. It was good. It was good. You, you've never had a bad hot dog. No, there's no such thing as a bad hot dog. It's a hot what? dog. 
Yeah, okay. If you were expecting that, good, your expectations have already oversold the product. No, no, no. There's generally nothing wrong with a hot dog when it's first cooked. The problem with hot dogs is they're often cooked in big batches, and you get well, there late, and, that's and what, it's gross. That's what the... Yeah, I mean, look, no... I mean, good for Notre Dame. They fed people from pregame, halftime, and, and postgame, but on the pregame hot dogs, there were two bins of them, and like you said, there were like probably 50 to a bin. Yeah. And you so don't like, know when they were really late. cooked. Uh, not going to be a great, you get a soggy bun right. in there, yeah, not going to be a good hot dog. Not at all. Now, yeah. there's never been bad pizza, and you can eat pizza cold. And they had like 60 boxes of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was good for Notre Dame. It's, it's a lot of Irish. food. Jeez. I mean, that's what, and Mike actually made that comment that uh, yeah. good for Notre Dame. They came up pre-post, or pre-halftime and post. Danny Smythe, I don't know if he was able to eat in the uh, radio booth. They were having technical difficulties. Uh, oh, they were? Yeah, oh. yeah, there are te- technical difficulties that Smythe was running up and down from the field to the uh, press box. Oh, uh, man. oh, he was getting a workout. Yeah, the degenerate was. He at, absolutely uh, was. As the person running that game from back in the studio, he did not have any technical difficulties. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Can we not advertise when we're having problems, please? All right, we got tickets to give away to go see Elton John. Maybe there will be technical difficulties there. Uh, Two tickets to the Farewell Yellow Brick Road, the final tour at Allegiant Stadium on November 1st. And we've got two tickets for you. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Be caller number 12 at 702-364-1100, and you'll win a pair of tickets to go see Elton John. Bischoff's briefs. I wanted you to see these player evaluations that you asked me to do. Bischoff's briefs. I asked you to do three. Yeah. Bischoff's briefs. To evaluate three players. Yeah. How many did you do? Bischoff's briefs. 47. Okay. Actually, 51. I don't know why I lied just then. Did you guys talk about Elton John canceling his show in Houston yesterday? We did. Yep. We did. What a great time to remind everybody that the Astros are better than Elton John. <laughs> we'll be giving away more uh, Elton John tickets soon after right. our 930 right. guest. You can't, you can't go to the show in Houston. So, Jared, get us a simulcast somewhere in Houston so they know they can fly to Vegas and go see Elton John. Um, genuine question. Why wouldn't he just play at another venue in Houston? It's a great one. I don't. I have no idea what. Uh, I'm on it. I mean, name other venues in Houston. The I mean, they Stadium? have multiple. Yeah, they the Texans play there, but they have multiple colleges like the University of Houston. Rice are all there that have football stadiums. Like I, I don't. I mean, I guess maybe it's hard to pull that off in a short turnaround, but that just seems like they have plenty of venues there that they could play that Elton John could play at. Yeah. That, I don't know. I guess not. And and by the way, it would have been on a Friday night, so. What are the Texans doing? They're not playing a football game on a Friday night, are they? So No, but do you want know. to go against game six? Was it game six? Is it game yeah, it's game six. Is Come there on. that much is there that is there, much? Is there a lot of crossover there? I don't know. The I mean Astro fans seem uh I mean I I haven't like missed an Astros game all year until game four of the ALCS because I went to a music festival, so surely there are Elton John fans that would Yeah, miss but you them. still had your phone watching it. You can do that at Elton John. Can't you? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. All right. It's here's the a... farewell tour. I 
guess. Here's a here's a fun contrast for the World Series between the Astros and the Phillies. This season, the Houston Astros shifted the second most time in baseball. They shifted on 50% uh, of plate appearances this year. Only the Dodgers shifted more at 51%. The Phillies, meanwhile, shifted only the 22nd amount, uh, most amount of times at 27%. Uh, so you have one team shifts all the time, one team that barely shifts. And if you look at team defensive metrics, the Astros were the second best defensive team by outs above average. They got uh, 30 more outs above average uh, this year. Meanwhile, the Phillies, second to last at negative 35 outs above average. So the average MLB team would have made 35 more outs defensively this year. Um, if you are trying to find small details that will decide the World Series, that might be one. A uh, big reason why the Astros won game four against the Yankees was because of an error. A potential double play ball turned into an error, and then two runs came across to tie and take the lead in that game. But here is beyond the World Series. Here's what I think is actually interesting. The Philadelphia Phillies are the exact type of team that is going to benefit from the banning of the shift. Because they're a team that simply doesn't shift and sucks on defense. And next year, when nobody's allowed to shift, they're not. They're still going to suck on defense, but teams like the Astros and the Dodgers, who take runs away with the shift, are suddenly going to be worse on defense than they normally right, were right. because they can't shift. They can't shift. Right. And this is, obviously, I'm an Astros fan, but this is part of the reason why I hate the banning of the shift because the Astros and the Dodgers and other teams have been doing something that is simply called scouting. It's simply, it should be common sense. It's just intelligence, right? We can figure out where you usually hit the ball, and we right. can put fielders there. Right. Meanwhile, you got teams like the Phillies who are like, ah, we don't care about that. We don't care about trying to figure out where you're going to hit the ball. We're just going to stand where we want to stand. Ah, look at that. We suck on defense. And next year, the teams that haven't tried are going to be the ones that benefit from it, whereas the teams that have been trying and have been doing it are going to take a hit defense. The Phillies are a horrid defensive team for making the World Series. Oh, one they, of the worst. They make some plays where you're like, man, that's like a little league play. Right. Oh, one of the worst you're going to see. And maybe it's the difference. Maybe it cost them a game somewhere along the line. Now, I'll give you um, somewhat of a somewhat of a general breakdown here on the Astros and Phillies to sort of what the differences are. I think offensively, these two teams are, are pretty similar, right? If you go through it and try to look at, hey, the top end of these lineups, right? Jordan Alvarez and Jose Altuve had the best OPS among anybody in the World Series in the regular season. Bryce Harper would have been third. Um, Harper, however, has been the best hitter in the postseason so far. So how important is being hot going into the World Series? Usually it's not, especially when there's like a four-day layoff between your last games for both teams. But those are really your three superstar-level hitters, Alvarez, Altuve, and Harper. And then both teams have a good chunk of, like, good all-star-level hitters. Alex Bregman and Kyle Tucker were very good this year. Kyle Schwarber, JT Realmuto, and Reese Hoskins were all good for the Phillies. So they each have a pretty good sort of big four hitters based on the regular season. Now, again, in the postseason, Altuve's been awful. Jordan Alvarez cooled off. But Jeremy Pena, Yuli Gurriel have been phenomenal in the postseason for the Astros and the Phillies they've been they've just been top heavy in the playoffs too Harper's been incredible Kyle Schwarber's been good Reese Hoskins has been good but that's that's kind of it they're very very top heavy and I think if you look at it like if the Astros shut Bryce Harper down to an extent Phillies probably gonna have a hard time scoring aside from some solo home runs mm -hmm. from Kyle Schwarber 
Reese Hoskins type guys. Harper's probably the key offensively. But ultimately, I think they're pretty close offensively. I don't think there's a big difference between these teams off- offensively. The big difference comes in the starting pitching. Because here is, if you, these are the expected starters in this series, ranked by ERA in the regular season. Justin Verlander of the Astros, Lance McCullers of the Astros, Christian Javier of the Astros, Zach Wheeler of the Phillies, Framber Valdez of the Astros, and then Aaron Nola and Ranger Suarez of the Phillies. I don't know who the Phillies would start in game four. They'd probably go to a bullpen game. But just by ERA, the Astros have the three best pitchers in this series, and they have four of the top five starting pitchers in this series. If you then go to the bullpen, these are the ERAs of the four best relievers the Phillies are going to use in the postseason. 3.0, 3.31, 3.4, and 4.04. The the ERA of the Astros' top four relievers, 1.9, 2.3, 2.9, and 3.7. The Astros' fifth best reliever is a guy named Ryan Stanek. He set the Astros' single season record for reliever ERA at 1.15, and he's fifth in the pecking order. He has pitched two innings the entire postseason. This is where the Astros won in the regular season. They, and they've done it in the postseason too. They don't give up runs. Like they, they just don't do it. And they get long outings from their starters. Like every single time the starting pitcher is going five innings or more. Every single time. Verlander in game one against the Mariners was the only time it didn't happen. And what that means is the Astros don't have to use their middle and low leverage relievers. They have basically gone from starter to their three or four high-leverage relievers in every single game. And that's a massive advantage for the Astros, is their starter's going to go five or six, and then they turn it over to their high-leverage guys, and that's it. Those guys, they, they don't give up very many runs. And so two, thi- two things have to happen for the Phillies to win this series. I've told you before with the Yankees and the Mariners, you've got to win a game two to one. You've got to probably win two or three games, two to one or three to two. It's just unrealistic that you're going to win three or four games in this series with Slugfest. You're just probably not putting up seven, eight runs in multiple games. The other thing Philly probably needs to do, they've got to at some point knock a starter out early. Can you knock Justin Verlander out in the third inning or Framber Valdez? If you can do that and you force the Astros to go to some of their middle or lower leverage guys, you've got a legitimate chance to win this series because that'll change the entire math and the rest days for the entire bullpen. The problem, though, is the Astros' middle and low-leverage guys are still really good. Like, Will Smith, they traded for him at the trade deadline, was the best reliever the Braves had last year. Closed out their games in the postseason. Will Smith, when he got traded to the Astros, had like a 2.8 ERA. He wasn't on the postseason roster for the ALDS or the ALCS. He's probably going to be on it for the World Series. But, like, that's their low-leverage guy, is the best reliever in the postseason last year. So even if the Phillies do all that, they still might lose the World Series. All right, you've just given us 14 minutes while your team's going to win in five games. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I zoned out. Uh, uh, You've given us 14 minutes while your team's going to sweep or win in five games. can Can you just answer me this? How many free tacos am I getting, and can we also add bunts for burritos? Uh, I I think tomorrow I'll give you a breakdown on who's going to steal second and give you free tacos. Okay, and I, what game it's in? Yeah, Jared, you should you will. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think you're going to get your free tacos from Taco Bell. I think that's going to happen. Coming up next, Cassie Soto joins the show. She's the only girl we can consistently get to answer our calls. She has to stand on a box to report the news. 
If you ever see someone fall on the sidelines of a football game, it's probably her. Emmy winner Cassie Soto joins Grainy and Bischoff on the press box. Uh, Jared and Ed, this might end up being insufferable, and I apologize ahead of time. But uh, Cassie, did Archie go viral on TikTok again? One million views. Uh, I don't think anybody understood what you just said. What, what, something about views? <laughs> One million. She One said million it the way Doctor Evil talked. Is this why you dressing him up the other day and me sending you weird emoji faces? I'm driving. I can't hear you. Did you oh, did you geez. dress this dog up again? Oh, and I sent you emoji faces. What what? Why did yes. he get so many views? You dressed him up, right? I did. Yeah, I put. I made him a homemade corn on the cob costume. It's very cute. Uh, Archie well, is yeah. very cute in this. Can I can I ask how long did it take to make this costume from start to finish? Well, filming like TikTokers, I got to give them credit because stopping filming, doing it felt like it takes forever when you have to film. <laughs> so, start to finish probably like 45 minutes, probably like 30 minutes, 25 minutes if I wasn't filming. How how long did it take you to dress up the other dog? What what other dog? <laughs> Wow, you've just admitted it now. You no, just... he got a he got a ghost costume because there's another video that I'm working on where I cut the head of the ghost too big, so Champ got it. Champ oh, got that man. one. Unbelievable! <laughs> the, ha- the hand me down, the hand me down costumes from the younger dog too. Yeah, yeah. Wait, hold on. Casting. You're skipping ahead. What are we recovering from? A vasectomy. You. Yeah, me. <laughs> what? Yeah, you surprised this kid doesn't like children. I didn't think you would do that, though. Of course, oh, he, he sings soprano. He I told, ran I there. Ed, I told Ed that yesterday was uh, as good for me as the day his children were born for him. Good for you, Tyler. Yeah, wow, it's great. It's hey, a great day, Tyler. If you don't like kids, do you not like Halloween then? What is uh, like I don't all the like, trick? I mean, do you buy candy? Do you like you know? The we kids usually we the usually go to my fiance's parents' house and uh, they make chili and stuff. It's a it's a fun thing, and I don't answer the door. No, I don't. I don't want to be around a bunch of kids in costumes. That sounds stupid. <laughs> so Tyler totally was in this poll. I was reading this poll like just random Halloween. Today's trivia night, so I was reading up on random trivia. And anyways, I guess twenty one percent of I think there was like seventeen thousand people they pulled. 21% of people pretend they're not home on Halloween. And I oh. feel like that would be Tyler. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. If we if we stayed home instead of going to her parents' house, yeah. Lights lights, the lights would be out. There'd be no outdoor lights on? Yeah, yeah. No candy. Lights are off. We'll see. I, game three of the World Series is on Halloween, so I might stay home by myself and keep the lights off. And they'll just hear me yelling at the TV, so they won't come up anyways. I was going to say, he's going to be sitting <laughs> yeah, there with yeah. his windows open, waving at the kids, saying, no yeah. candy here. Exactly. Cassie, you, you like don't... The front, the front uh, porch light is off, and people don't usually come then. Cassie, you don't seem to like children as well. Do you do a Halloween for the kids? I do. I go all out for Halloween for the kids because they're not my kids, so I can get them all hopped up on sugar, and it's someone else's problem. <laughs> okay, hold oh, on, yeah. hold on. If if S comes up to you and says, "I want to get a vasectomy," what's your response? What are we going? Oh, oh yeah, man! There we go. Good answer, I'll Cassie. Drive. I'll hold your hand, honey. Oh, good man. answer, Cassie. I, am in the I wish minority. he would. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He never would. But yes, that'd be nice. what do you mean? He never would. Is this like going to be a rift in your relationship? What do you mean he never would? I think we. I think we briefly because well, airing my dad out. My dad got one, 
And I was like, would you ever do that? He's like, nah, well, no. So I don't know. <laughs> it's been quite a few years now, but I don't think that would change. Oh, man. Come on. Yeah, great, I know. It's a great day. It's a great procedure. I am in the minority here. Yeah. Uh, Cassie, well, it's had... reversible. Isn't it reversible? Snip, snap, snip, snap. Hello, Michael, the office. Yeah. Yes, I mean, yes. my my doctor said, yeah, people say it's reversible, but that's not always the case, but I'm not going to change oh, my mind. Cassie, sometimes they reverse on their own. So that's going to no. be fun. Yeah. Antonio, imagine, imagine yeah. Tyler. That'd be hilarious. Antonio Cromartie had three kids after his vasectomy. Yeah, it just wasn't oh. a good vasectomy. Um, did he did he do the paternity test though? See, um, that's, that's uh, based on based on if you know anything about Antonio Cromartie, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely the father. I mean, he can field a team with some backup players. So. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, good for you, Tyler. Happy it for was you. My uh, my uh, primary doctor, not the person who gave me the vasectomy. My primary doctor, when I told her, she was like excited. Like she was almost more excited than I was to get a, that I was getting a vasectomy. <laughs> well, yeah, because she probably knows you and your feelings about children. <laughs> <laughs> she did not know that until I told her I was having a vasectomy yes. and didn't like kids. But she was pumped about it. It was great. Nice. Yeah. So. Cassie. We'll see. Yeah. Press box transition. I wasn't ready. That's all right. Coming. Transition. What do you think about Josh Jacobs? Fast. <laughs> wow. Violent. We don't. I don't understand why you thought you would have a good answer to that, Ed. <laughs> what do you mean? Fast. Ed is trained her I was well. Doing, those are this. Ed. Those are Ed answers. Right. They are. Ed's trained her well on this. That's where I went. I went straight with the Ed Grady answer. Fast. What was fast? Strong. Runs violently. Yeah. All right. Breaking records. Think you can Wait. keep? Yay. You think yeah. you can keep it up? Probably not. Isn't it about <laughs> the halfway point where he usually gets injured? <laughs> Come on, Cassie. Jeez. What? Uh, Wait, do we have any do we have any good stories from Josh Jacobs? Like Max Crosby's having a baby, Devontae Adams got his grandmother to see him play for the first time. Has Jacobs given us anything good like that? Um, well, he didn't know Marcus Allen was in attendance when he broke his record. And also, so every home game, um, they'll hand out like the what just like the books, like the commemorative game books. And Marcus Allen was on the cover of the of Sunday's game. So it was like all kind of like Everything came together, but it was kind of weird. Yeah, like Marcus didn't tell Josh that he was going to be there, but he Heidi Fang actually got a really good picture of Marcus Allen cheering um, once the record was broken. Um, he was in the the suite, the owner suite with Mark Davis, and uh, he was really excited for him. But I was surprised that Josh Jacobs didn't know that Marcus Allen was going to be there that night. Maybe maybe he doesn't know who Marcus Allen is. I mean, he said he's his mentor, so either he's lying to us or yeah, maybe yeah. Well, if he's his mentor, how did he not know he was there? I don't believe that's he's his what mentor. I was saying. I don't know. He, his but they, he said they had like a nice conversation afterwards. So yeah. Yeah, it sounds full of it to me. Um, all right, I do <laughs> have to ask you this too. Uh, why do you have a fake fireplace going? Uh, well, because it dropped below eighty degrees, so now it's cold. <laughs> but it's a fake and, fireplace. I said fake uh, because fireplace. we got a couch that was really big for our living room. And it covered up our our real fireplace, so we oh, have to no. buy a fake fireplace. Oh no! You actually, have a yeah. fireplace? That's, that's you have a real one? Yeah. Well, like it's electric, but yeah, it's like built oh. into the house. All right, but it warms the house. Yes, so, yes, yes. But now because we have like one of those L-shaped couches, and I really wanted this couch, and I was willing 
to give up the fireplace, but we got the couch over summer. So I was like, we don't need the fireplace. And then it got cold and I wanted a fireplace. So we had to buy a replacement fireplace. I'm with you on the 80 below, though. I'm with you on that. It's freezing in this studio. Danny Smythe just made a comment about it gets colder and colder in this place every day. But I love it because now it actually feels like October. Yes. No, I I, I like it. I just, it's it's cold. It's cold. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I have a question. Do you know who was wearing the fluffy hat on Monday that Josh McDaniels made fun of? That he, he He said that it wasn't that cold yet to be wearing that stuff? I was not there on Monday. It appears that you were and you know. No, that's why I'm asking you. No, I was oh. not there. I did. Oh, Someone had okay. a flush. Like, what was a ski cap? Yeah, I don't know. Denzel Perryman wears a beanie every day. You know, that's fine. But right. We, but someone was one of the media members wore something, and it, and he had to call it out. So yeah, Josh McDaniels has lived in some pretty cold out. places, so I'm I'm sure he's kind of laughing at all the media members as they come in with the parkas. Oh yeah, for sure. That's next week for sure. Yeah. All right, Cassie, get out of here. You got to win trivia tonight. Yes. Thank you. All right. See you later. She's Cassie Soto from the Review Journal. So, yeah, we appreciate it. There's Cassie. Um, Yeah, so fun day. Every, I think every woman that I've told I'm having a vasectomy has been excited. It's it's literally for years people have been advocating that instead of women getting hysterectomies, men get vasectomies because it is, like, safer, less invasive, doesn't cause us horrendous health risks throughout the rest of our lives. Yeah. Works out very well. It's very good. Actually, nobody's actually been that disappointed except my dad at one point. Yeah, but you, I mean, you've got some stuff saved. Yeah, but your dad, your dad, uh, he's got grandchildren. Uh, kinda. <laughs> I, I mean, I think. Okay. No? Is it, is it, it's sort of, it would be like, if I'm, if I'm, if I can play like the role of your father it's sort of i i'm imagining it like me having a child versus my sister having a child if my sister had a child my parents would be stoked <laughs> if i had a child they'd go they'd god be concerned god we're gonna have to raise this thing <laughs> yeah that's fair though that, would, that is very fair tyler do you have any brothers well okay so i have a half brother and a half sister that are older than me and have five combined kids oh, they're, okay they're they are okay. not my okay. father's okay. biological okay. grandchild. yeah but he probably treats him like a granddad no Hey, he doesn't. They live in Georgia and Mississippi. He doesn't I, really see him. I think it could also be the whole uh, passing the name thing. Yeah, that's that's his big thing. That's but why my right. mom wants me to have kids. Yeah, that's that's because <laughs> I'm the last one in my family. With you need my another last name. Smythe. Yeah, yeah. Although I will say, one of the nurses in the hospital yesterday, she was like, "Oh, do you have a lot of kids?" And we were like, "No, I don't have any kids." She's like, "Well." Sometimes vasectomies don't work. And I was like, thanks for telling us that. <laughs> thanks for that like as, I, I get, as I get wheeled in. Right. All right. Like, do, I, do I need to leave now? Like, what do you mean? Okay. Again, before we go to break and give away more Elton John tickets, genuinely, Antonio Cromartie had a vasectomy after, I want to say, kid number nine because he was like, oh, my God, I need to stop this. And Listen. I believe he's up to kid number 13. Listen, Jared. In approximately two months, I take a sample back in, and they test it, and then they tell me if I'm good to go or not. You can hold out for two months? No. Okay. Do you want Let's get back into talking about sales. <laughs> Elton John! <laughs> we got two tickets to go see Elton John. Farewell, Yellow Brick Road, the final tour. 
coming to Allegiant Stadium on November 1st. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. If you want to go see Elton John at Allegiant Stadium, call in now, 702-364-1100. Be caller number 13 at 702-364-1100. Well, we got winter hats on. Is it that cold? Holy cow. This feels like a fall day from where I'm from. Um, um, We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Look at Jared go. Cassie mentioned some sound, and he's got it ready to go after the next commercial break. Impressive. Good job, Jared. I'm good for something. Just not talking What's, on the air. How many How many layers of clothing have you worn the last couple of days? Um, like total? <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing a short sleeve hoodie so i'm Aren't i'm those weird why do you own a short sleeve hoodie i it's a kind of a workout shirt i guess i i don't i don't really know i i think it's do you, cool do you, looking do you work out do you work out um i started to when i was quitting smoking and then when the i quit quitting smoking it sort of tumbled <laughs> <laughs> so you were going sunflower seeds and the gym to quit smoking and now you're just back to smoking well then it was down there was a series of days where it was me another employee and another employee responsible for everything going on in the like shows being Ah, on the air and so at that point it was i could i could quit smoking in november (laughs) is that actually going to work for you that doesn't sound like a very good plan at this point, it's slowing down. That's all I'm looking yeah. for. I was going to say, all just right. get through the holidays and then just quit for Lent. Uh, yeah, Danny, are the, you the notable you... Jewish holiday of Lent? <laughs> Danny, are you betting on the World Series? I know you told me Ooh. you don't bet on baseball anymore. Are you betting on the World Series? He... Yes, I currently have an ah. active ticket for any Texas team to win That's the World right. Series. That's and right. And then um, last night, I went to hedge it. And put some money on the Phillies, and I didn't pay attention, and I accidentally took the Phillies to win Game One instead of the series. So now I'm wrapped up in <laughs> Friday's game. How did you game. do that? How did you do that? I I just wasn't paying attention. I was swiping back and forth between like uh, pregame, which is usually just the next game coming up, and futures, <laughs> which is every game for the World Series. What are the Phillies in game one? Like plus plus one... uh plus one fifty is what I got them at. They're All currently right. plus one seventy to win the World Series. So I'm yeah. gonna throw a little bit on that, try to hedge out, make me a winner either way. Can I ask you, um, how much do you win if you win the Texas team to win the World Series bet? Uh I got it at plus four thirty, so I think I put ten bucks on it, so I'll win See? like forty three dollars. See, that's not worth hedging. You're hedging like in the tens of dollars. You can't. You can't do that. You just got to ride no, with he it is, and take the money. No, no but he, I'm hedging on not losing forty three dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's forty three dollars, Danny. You're you're hedging. $43. Whoa, whoa, Daddy Warbucks, who can afford an outpatient <laughs> like surgery? Some of us forty three dollars. That's like, hey, that's a week's worth of food. Hey, the the key to my vasectomy this week, Jared, paying for it was I have already hit my out-of-pocket maximum on our insurance because I've been to so many damn doctors. <laughs> You've been fa- this whole fainting so, thing. Yes. So the, it was, the silver lining of you having a major medical error issue is yes. at least no more kids. I've been 
to the ER. ER. I've been to a neurologist like six times. I've been to a cardio. Like I've been to 64 different doctors. And because of that, I hit the out-of-pocket maximum this year, which means like if I had waited until January to have a vasectomy, it would have cost me like a thousand more dollars to get that done. So it was a uh, very well timed to get this vasectomy this year. <laughs> All right. And don't hedge your $43 bet, Danny. But don't I was also considering uh, putting money on Verlander to be MVP of the World Series. Oh, don't do that. No, no, he's bad in the World Series. He's never won a World Series game for the Astros. Hmm. What? Has he played in World Series games for other teams? Yeah, the Lions, I think, right? Or the Tigers? The Lions. Sorry, Jeez. the Tigers. Wait, he was on that Tigers team in like 06? I thought yeah, so. Yeah, they. Was it 06? They swept the Yankees in the playoffs. He's, I know that. He's been I just pitching know for the... a really long time. Yeah, yeah. He's been out. Yeah, he's been around. But yeah, he's never won a World Series game. I would bet on Kyle Tucker to win the World Series MVP. No idea what the odds are, but that's who I'd bet on. Well, right now, uh, I do believe... Hold on. I can pull him up. I think... <laughs> I'm guessing like Alvarez is the favorite and Harper's number two. Um, I know Harper's pretty high up there. He's also favored to win uh, most home runs in the World Series. Yeah, he won't win that. Uh, all right, so we got for World Series MVP, uh, Bryce Harper one, Jordan Alvarez two, Verlander three, Bregman four, and Schwarber five. Ooh, okay. When we get paid, oh no, the series will have already started. I was about to say, look, we already got paid. By the way, we did got paid a little early. Okay, uh, Tyler, I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> do- there's some people that need that now that have that information that they're going to need to talk to me. Who what who needs to talk to you? Come on. Come I, on. I may oh, owe no, some no, money no. to some people, okay? Dan, Danny, tell me what are, what are Kyle Tucker's odds to win World Series MVP? Uh Kyle Tucker is 14 to 1. Oh, he yeah, is currently the 8th uh he's tied for 8th with Reese Hoskins, Aaron Nola, and Zach Wheeler. You got to hammer that one. No, pitchers don't win the World Series MVP. And Aaron Nola is uh, right now the favorite for most strikeouts in the World Series. Who's making these odds? Believe in them. See, why is Harper number one? Because that implies the World Series is going to be won by the Phillies. Just because of the way that he's playing right now? Yeah, yeah. But if they lose the World Series, he's not going to win MVP, and they're massive underdogs in this series. Uh, I was actually wrong. Uh, Harper's number three for most oh, home wow. runs. Okay. Kyle Schwarber's number one. Yeah. Kyle Schwarber hits tanks. That's all he does. He hit two against the Astros last year with the Red Sox. Hit a damn grand slam. It wasn't any fun. That's hey. true. I loved him on the Nationals. Whatever. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was a National. Wow, they've had a lot of good players. He was, I hated him on the Cubs. Schwarber guys, was hitting bombs for the Nationals, and then he was like, I'm out of here, guys. See you later. The Nationals should try keeping some of these good players, Danny. Ew.